podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The best attacks, the best defences. It's time to crunch some numbers. This is the Stat Show. Without further ado, let's go through the best attacks ranked by big chances, right? This is purely on big chances because I think that's a really good metric. A big chance is something that hits a certain uh, number of XG. So a, a high XG chance. How many times does a team create these big chances usually will lead to the amount of goals a team scores, the amount of of attacking threat they have. You could look at XG, but we're going to do big chances total. I got these from the scout members area. So let's start with number one, Newcastle. They have the highest big chance total. They've had 42 big chances and they've actually scored 27 goals. So they've only Man City have scored more goals, 28. So Newcastle, pretty much up there, best attack in the league. They've hit three plus goals uh, games three plus goals in a game uh, on three occasions. So when we look at players like Anthony Gordon, you know, a budget midfielder that's nailed, that's scoring points, that isn't a rotation risk like Wilson and Isak when they're both fit. Someone like Gordon has to be on our radar, surely. Liverpool super high as well. Like they've had more big chances than Man City, thirty nine. They've scored twenty four goals and they've hit importantly. Five occasions they've hit three plus goals. We like that very much when we're looking at captaincy for Mo Salah, for example. But I look at that and go, double Liverpool attack, dude. Like, come on, Darwin. I, I, I like Darwin as an asset. Things didn't drop for him against Luton, but the big chances were there. He missed a few, didn't he? That will come. Goals will come with Darwin, I'm sure of that. Chelsea, way higher than anyone would expect. Like, Chelsea, third for big chances. And then it's Man City in fourth, right? Chelsea, a bit of a surprise. Man City, not so much, and they have scored the most goals in the Premier League, 28. But the team ranked below is really interesting. It's Brentford. I want to talk about Brentford because they've only scored 19 goals, right? So not a huge amount. But one thing Brentford always managed to do is every given game, they create a couple of big chances. They just they don't create many small chance, chances, Brentford, but they, when they create chances, they're often big chances. It's the way they set up. It's how they're tactically set up to do that. The, the team is, I don't want all these long-range shots from distance. I don't want these speculative efforts. I want to work myself into good positions. And sometimes we get there, sometimes we don't. But when we do, we get a big chance. And that is why Ivan Tony historically has been a really good asset. But it, now more than ever, Brian and Bomo. And Brian Abomo against West Ham should have had a big haul. And his owners were really unlucky. He's been putting up the numbers. He's on pens. The chances are still falling his way even when he doesn't produce the goods. And Abomo is someone I definitely want from game week 14. His fixtures look really, really useful. We'll speak about Mbomo later in the week because he does probably have a blank game week. He does have a blank in 18. He's probably got a double in 20. After Brentford, we've got Brighton. We know Brighton are a good attack. Well, they've created 34 big chances, 24 goals. And on five occasions, again, they've hit that three-game pillar. In fact, they've only won five games this season. And every time they've won a game, they've scored three-plus goals. Really interesting from Brighton there. Villa just below that. Then we've got Everton. Then we've got Spurs. Well, firstly, Everton, right? Quite surprising. They've only scored 11 goals, but 29 big chances. And the conversion's not really been there. But now Calvert-Lewin's back fit. Got your eye on Everton. Got your eye on Everton. Bought in Branthwaite on wildcard. Defensively, they're better than we think. Up front, they're better than we think. Spurs is the interesting one. The fact they've only scored three plus goals. Three plus, I can't say that. Three plus goals in a game once. So probably not going to be looking at Spurs for captaincy much with this in mind. Like... We consider Song quite a lot, but like, should we really be when they're only not only winning games by one or two goals? Um, but they have scored 
over their XG and they do have elite finishers Spurs like both Madison but Son more importantly one of the most elite finishers the Premier League has ever seen always overachieves his expected target West Ham fairly high in 10th and then it's Arsenal in 11th Arsenal are a team we historically go let's let's go big on because they're exciting under Arteta they've got many good FPL options or we think they do but actually ranked 11th for big chances they haven't been racking them up they've scored 23 goals so the scoring's been okay they do bully teams. We saw it a month or so ago against Bournemouth. We saw it last week against Sheffield United. We'll see it probably against Burnley in game week 12, which is why Enketia might become a really popular option this week. But I'm a little bit hesitant in terms of a long-term hold in that double Arsenal attack. And many of us started the season with double Arsenal attack. I think I had Martinelli and Saka. I soon jumped off that because their numbers were a little bit underwhelming. Worth noting here, no Man United in the top 11. So what have we learned from this chart? Well, we should probably cover Newcastle attack. I think we should probably consider for captaincy the teams that hit three goals a game regularly. And they are Liverpool, City, Brighton, Aston Villa, not Spurs. Darwin... Double Liverpool attack, uh, mid-price forward, getting the chances he's getting, playing number nine. Yeah, should be on our radar, if not in our teams. And Cole Palmer, again, like Chelsea are ranked third. You've got the guy on penalties for Chelsea. Their best attacker when we're looking at eye test. The numbers are there for Palmer too. They're actually, they've underwhelmed in front of goal with 17 goals, but the big chances have been falling Chelsea's way. And Palmer's going to be a bit of an assist merchant, I think. So look, that's the attack. Let's have a look at the defence, shall we? The, the defence, I'm going to go by expected goals conceded. Who are the best? And how many clean sheets has that team kept? Only a couple of teams have kept five clean sheets, by the way. Man City aren't one of them. They've kept four, but their expected goals conceded top of the charts. Man City are always the best defence in the league. This is a recurring theme under Pep. We don't historically own their defenders other than Cancelo when he had the upside. One, because they don't have upside and two, we do see a lot of rotation. Like even Diaz, the guy we thought was absolutely nailed, missed the game that the weekend was on the bench. He played stones in the centre of the three. Walker's a good route to point and he is getting a ton of minutes as is stones when fit. Guardiola and Ake are rotating a lot. And then Diaz, we expect to play, but then again, Pep can go throw that curveball. So they've conceded eight goals, Man City, like the lowest so far. And then Arsenal, nine goals. And the XGC mirrors that. Like Man City's XGC is 8.24, Arsenal's 9.05. These are the two best defences in the league, and it's quite clear. Arsenal have kept clean sheets. And if you own Gabriel, I think points are going to be on the way. Uh, I certainly do own Gabriel, and I'm fairly happy with that. Newcastle were third best, and again... I'm probably not surprised there. What's surprising after Newcastle is Chelsea. Again, we saw Chelsea do really well in the attacking charts. Well, they're actually really good defensively too. Chelsea are fourth. And as soon as those fixtures turn, if Rhys James can stay fit, Rhys James is going to be a brilliant FPL asset again this season. Fitness, as we know with him, is always the key. The beauty of him being injured last season and this is he's lowly owned and his price has been dropping. So you're going to get Rhys James at a bargain price this year, right? You're usually paying... For someone of his quality that produces the chances he produces, playing in a solid defence like he plays in, you're paying six million plus usually. Well, not this year for Reese. You're looking at fives. Um, Liverpool just behind them. And if Simakas can start, then we've got ourselves a, a, a gem there. Everton, again, like Chelsea, surprising. They're in the attacking charts. They're in the defensive charts. They're a better team than we should probably... Uh, and we should probably realise that. And if you're looking for a 4.0 defender, Branthwaite is in my wildcard team. Really good option. Got me eight points in game week 10. Brentford are solid at the back. And again, we need to know more about Flecken's injury. But Strakosha, 
is a 3.9 goalkeeper that could get some game time. No Man United in this chart, but other than that, it's kind of the usual suspects. Man City and Arsenal, less invest there. Newcastle with their injuries, do we want to swerve them because of Botman and Burns injury? I'm not sure we do, like the Cells has come in and done well. Livermento or Hall will probably step into that, that full-back position. It'll be Hall at left-back, or it'll be Trippier at left-back, and um, Livermento on the right. I think that's probably slightly more likely. That could affect Trippier's output, though, worth noting. So what do we learn about the defences? Well... I think David Raya is possibly more of an option than we think. Arteta's keen on this experiment. He's, he's giving Raya games and then Raya's 4.8 million. And look how good Arsenal are defensively. Stones and Walker, again, like 5 million-ish for a Man City defender that's playing almost every week. Got a little bit of upside, those two. Probably more than Diaz, who is more expensive. Strakosha, I mentioned. So we can learn a little bit from the defences. I think we've learned a lot from the attacks. Um, all these numbers have come from the Fantasy Football Scout members area. And if you want to dig into some of these other metrics, because I can't show you all of them in today's video, then go, do go check out the Scout members area. I've spent a good hour or so in there this morning getting my favourite numbers to show you guys. Um, and there's a link in the description if you fancy checking that out. Guys, thank you um, for watching the video. Have you been liking the video? I hope you have. If you like the whole stats thing, you'll know me as more of an eye test manager, but you need stats and eye test in equal measure, I think, to make calculated, good, sensible FPL picks. So I always like to integrate it. I often don't have enough time in my videos to show you a ton of stats. So if you like this type of video, then let me know in the comments and hit that like, and of course, that subscribe button. I'll be back later in the week with my team selection video, two free transfers, loads of directions. Do not miss that one. And I'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.